0: Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins Extra. This is the third instalment now of our January transfer series, where we are breaking down all the transfer news, all the gossip, all the rumours, and confirmed transfers for you throughout the month of January. Joined by Oren today. Oren, how's things?
1: Not too bad, Connor. Not not often that it's just the two of us, but yeah, That's let's true. make it work.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm sort of. Do you know what? I'm actually excited um, to do this one. Just like between the two of us, see how yeah, so see how it comes across. Yeah, um, should be good. Look, I want to jump to you with the first sort of big transfer this week. Obviously, Jai Felix has been done, um, completed his his loan move to to Chelsea. Mm. It's come with a lot of criticism. Obviously, he played last night and got sent off on his debut. He did. Um, look, what do you make of the transfer, Oren? Obviously, it's it's an expensive package for a six month loan deal. It's coming in at around um eighteen million uh euros. Um, expensive for six months, really, isn't it?
1: It's ridiculous, tell you the truth uh, Don't get me wrong If he had came to United for 6 months I would have been saying "Oh, great deal if he it But no, honest to God When you talk about the figures like that there He's talking 18 million That's his wages and the 11 million loan fee Yeah, uh, To go for 6 months I think it would have made Some sort of sense If it included a buy option Or buy obligation At the end yes. of it But it doesn't. Jay Felix has just signed a new contract until 2027. Now, to me, that kind of confirms that Simeone is leaving Atletico because otherwise there's absolutely no chance Felix would have signed that contract.
0: Yeah, Um, agreed. Agreed.
1: But this just... It's great business for Atletico, to tell you the truth, because if Jay Felix goes to Chelsea and bangs, then if they do go to sell him in the summer, he's got a long, long contract and... He's, if he's performing well, it just they'll recoup a lot of what they invested in him, which I would say after the past three years they didn't think they would be able to get anywhere near what they put into him when they signed him from Benfica. Yep. Um for Jay himself, look he got ray last night, but he, he showed a lot of promise when he was on the ball. He had a good few chances. A few nice flicks and tricks, good touches. Um he could turn out to, to be a good sign in as a player for Chelsea, look yep. financially, it's never going to be a good signing for them, and um, but they've needed someone to come into that attacking role. We've said a lot that they need the creativity, and they still do. Um, but he was playing central last night. He was playing as a striker last night. Um, and with Aubameyang looking like he could be leaving, and even if he doesn't leave, he's out of the squad. Yeah. Um, Jay Felix, it's unusual that we'll see him in the. Number 9 role But Look If he can do it And perform there Who knows What he what he could do for Chelsea But No matter what Chelsea's going to struggle For uh, European football Another loss last night um, And Personally Jay Felix could do well Like from a personal standpoint For himself He could do well And score a good couple of goals But The signing of Joe Felix Will not make Chelsea successful this season in any way
0: yeah I, I completely agree with you Oren I to me I I'm sort of sat here scratching my head and, and obviously when when we were sitting in, in Manchester and you told me that the, that the news had broke I, I sat and I, I scratched my head I, I couldn't work out I couldn't work out you know especially Felix's comments about the project looks good I, you're only there for six months. There's no there's no buy option in this. It's not as if Chelsea's gonna buy you after this mm-hmm. loan deal, no matter how well you perform, because Atletico's probably not gonna sell him. Um yeah. I I just sat scratching my head. I, I couldn't understand that transfer at all. And to be honest, it was it was the comment of Felix saying, I looked at the project and, and agreed with it, and I was kinda like, um,
1: you're outside of the top ten in the Premier League. How do you agree with yeah. that project?
0: Yeah, what what what's there to like about being a Chelsea player at the minute? Probably not a whole pile. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you completely, Or I actually think um, I think he did make a big difference when he was on the pitch for Chelsea last night. Um, yeah. Definitely looked to sort of drive the attack on. Looked a lot more progressive um, than like Mount and Havertz have looked in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Although you can tell. You could tell the guys that have no confidence um versus the guys that do have confidence. So you could see Felix was in there, he was energetic, he was bouncing about, he was trying with tricks and flicks and trying to get things going. But there was one attack in particular, Owen. I don't know if you can recall it, but uh, Felix sort of spins his man and passes the ball to Mount and then yeah. continues his run. And rather than Mount trying to slip the ball back to him, Mount ended up playing the safer option out um to, to the right back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I like, to me, that's just where Chelsea are as a side at the minute. And I'm not sure if the signing of Joe Felix is going to make Chelsea any better. Look, no. you, you, your opinion on the podcast last week is, was that Chelsea struggled to make any kind of European football. And yeah. I yeah. completely agree with you. And I know a lot of people on, on your Instagram poll agreed with that sentiment as well.
1: Yeah, so, 85% of people. It was but, 50 participants and 85% of people. Agreed.
0: Well look that tells you that football general football fans recognize where Chelsea are at the minute as a club and I don't think Jay Felix ness not that I don't think he makes them any better. I don't think as as a collective and as a and as a as a club, I don't think Jay Felix makes Chelsea any better in the yeah. sense that he's not gonna be the man that gets them European football. No chance.
1: Exactly. Like we're not doubting him as a player by any stress. Like Jay Felix really could come to Chelsea and score 5-10... Maybe not 15, but he could score 5 and t- five or 10 goals for them. Yeah. But, like, Chelsea's sitting 10th in the table at the minute. And that's after 18 games. Yeah. Like, it'll not happen just because of the goal difference, but if, if Crystal Palace were to get a result this weekend, they'd be level on points with Chelsea.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: 25 points Chelsea are on the Brantford ahead of them, Brighton's ahead of them, uh, Liverpool's ahead of them, Fulham's in sixth. Like, kudos to Fulham, they're playing great football. Yeah, but, absolutely. The, this signing of Jay Felix, is just, it, it, it doesn't make sense financially at all. Oh, Bowley just great. seems to be looking at the market. He, do you know what I genuinely think that that fella's doing? Yeah. It seems as if he's looking at Fabrizio Romano's tweets, um, saying that... The other major clubs in the Premier League are interested in him, And he's like, oh, if they're interested in him, we have to be interested in them. And then yeah. he's just one of them people who's just going to throw the money at them.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed, lad. The, the man's literally playing football manager. like. Yeah.
1: Fair um, play, Dan, but he's, living, he's living a real-life dream of ours. So fair play, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair play. <laughs> Look, I'll move it on then.
1: Obviously, will enjoying another... the pod talk, we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> another striker has just signed for a bigger club than Chelsea. Probably a better player than Jay Felix as well, as far as I'm concerned. Big bootleg horse, six foot yeah. six bootleg horse. It's Don Owen, oh, yeah, confirmed today. Just waiting for United to put out their official um official announcement, but he's been pictured in the kit and all. It's a done yeah. deal, signed, signed on the dotted line. Obviously, me and you had quite a lot to say on, on Wednesday's um, episode of the Bottom Bins about Horse. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't already, guys, please go and check out um, episode six of our Premier League coverage. Um, we we'll promise you, it's a good one. Um, but look, Warren, we, we, we spoke quite highly of the striker. What's he going to bring to Man United?
1: What's he not going to bring, Conor? Uh, that would be a easier <laughs> question to answer that. <laughs> like, no, look... Two weeks in a row, or two weeks in a row, I've had an opinion that's involved Chelsea. So the first one obviously was about them not getting European football, but last week's, and I want you to watch the podcast, uh, but it's already been on our socials and everything as well. If you haven't, so my opinion of the week was that Whitewag White Horse would be a better signing than Joe Felix, um, and I'll I'll one hundred percent stick to that. Uh, Whitewag White Horse, especially from Manchester United, was what we needed. Like we were linked to like. We were linked to the likes of Jay Felix as well. And we but we needed a, an out and out centre forward. Yeah. Um, Woodweg We talked about his stats on Wednesday. We talked about him quite in depth. We talked about his press and stats and how they were the highest at Burnley when he was there. Um, we talked about his general goal contributions and his, his link up play, even for such a big fella. Um he He's he's gonna seriously improve Manchester United in my opinion because he gives us a different option to Anthony Martial. And no harm to Martial. Martial's he scored a, he scored a good few goals this year, like, but he he needs help, and you you can tell he's being brought off after about sixty minutes, seventy minutes every game. And Ten Hag has said like he he just can't play in eighty minutes every game. Well, he's he's reportedly um, carrying a knock at the minute. Yeah, and that that's the way it is. He's having to play through injuries because he's literally our only out-and-out centre-forward that we have at the club. Um, Like, you talk about the wingers. Obviously, we were at the game the other day um, and we've seen young Focando Polistri make his United debut. And yeah. we've known for years that Polistri's a good player. Uh, like, he's been in the Uruguay squad, like, every year anyway. Yeah. And playing for them, even when he hasn't played for us. Or when he's been out and alone or whatever. And, like, with an abundance of wingers... Um, and we've obviously Jaden Sancho coming back in now as well when he's getting up to fitness but we haven't many that can play up front and it's easy to say that Rashford can play up front and yes he can but Rashford is in my opinion 10 times more effective off the left wing as he is up front you only and, needed
0: to see that from the game midweek too didn't you Warren? yeah
1: exactly especially when we started the game with Anthony Alengo up front and yeah, oh uh, the less said about that the better to tell you the truth well un- unfortunately we are going to have to talk about him <laughs> on, on this podcast yeah well at least it'll be him going out of the club so <laughs> yeah. I'll, not be, <laughs> I'll not be too disappointed to talk about that <laughs> um but yeah look well, of course he gives us a step for, he gives us a different option he gives us an aerial threat which we haven't had in ages and i know we had cristiano ronaldo probably the greatest header of a ball of all time but he never got the service because of the way he played towards the end of his United career. yeah, Ronaldo's very much the type of player who loves to be in the ball. And I always found, and I don't know if, you, I, I would say you agree with this, Connor, having watched United with me and stuff, and just on your own. Ronaldo seemed to always come out, so say Luke Shaw had the ball and he was going to cross it in. He would always seem to either be on the edge of the box or right beside Luke Shaw looking at a two-yard pass just to get a touch of the ball.
0: Yeah, no, completely agreed, lad. He, he really did lose that sort of poacher instinct.
1: So many times when we've been watching the match or me and my dad's been watching the match or I've been watching the match of my own or whatever, I'm thinking to myself or saying, oh my God, Ronaldo, would you get in the box? Because mm-hmm. if that ball is swung into you, you will score. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Um, so Weghorst, he's thirty. He he gives us lucky. He, he's not the fastest in the world, but he gives us that dynamic. Um, he he's a dynamic striker because he's able. He has got the striker instinct, just like we've talked about a lot with Olivier Giroud. Yeah, he knows where to be. Um, and he gives us that aerial threat. So, to me, at th- a three million loan fee, look, there's no obligation to buy. There's no buy option. I can't see us not signing him if it does become successful, even as a as a backup option. Um, it's a win win for Manchester United.
0: That's it. It's a completely different dynamic that that the player offers. Um, obviously we've become more accustomed to this sort of more mobile um front three. Um, sort of from from Ronaldo has left. Um, and again, that just gives you that different option. And I think, um, especially with the way that Ten Hag wants to play, you know, that high action, high energy, high press, um. Veghorst probably offers you more than Martial in terms of that defensive dog work. Um the I think the only um difference between or the only big difference between um Martial and Veghorst is that Veghorst is just much, much more of an aerial presence and brings a lot more strength and height, um, especially from set pieces. Um, and that little bit more killer-striker instinct where his runs into the box are Normally, the right ones. So, look, I have to say, Owen, I'm I'm really, really, really excited to see Veghorst, Horst, and I'm really excited to see how Ten Hag incorporates him into the team. Um, I know he's he's not available for the Manchester Derby this weekend, unfortunately. You're
1: that too. Yeah,
0: United didn't get in registered in time, but I would imagine the Crystal Palace is probably where we'll see Veghorst Horst yeah. appear. Yeah. Um, and I, I have to tell you, I've I've got the alarm set already. I'm looking forward to that game then on Wednesday night when we might see would Vaghorst make his debut for Manchester United? Absolutely. So a bit of breaking news as well then, Oren, last night, Arsenal, very, very active, very quickly Mm -hmm. submitted a new proposal, 70 million euros up front for Mikhailio Mudrik. The -hmm. entire package is reportedly coming to somewhere in around 95 million euros. Mm -hmm. So we're talking 70 million euros up front, 25 in achievable add-ons is what's being quoted here, achievable. Um, That's from David Ornstein. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, this is a player we have talked quite heavily about over the past number of weeks. So, look, we'll not go too too heavy into it, but I'll just ask you a simple question on it. Is it going to get
1: done now? I think so. I think so. Um, if you look at, uh, as we've spoke about multiple times, if you look at uh, Mudrick's social media um, activity every other day, he's putting up on his social media Either a photo, an edited photo of him in an Arsenal shirt, or him watching, uh, like the other day, he put up a photo of himself in an Arsenal shirt, and it was him watching a transfer video where they talked about Modric's potential transfer to Arsenal and what he's going to bring. Yes, um, yeah. so it's very, very, very clear that the player wants to move. Um, yeah, no, I can't see it not being done now. Obviously, there was there was talk of Chelsea coming in, and look, it wouldn't surprise me if. Chelsea did still come in and match the offer with che- uh, Arsenal, but yes. that player wants to go to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. That player does not want to go to Chelsea yeah. um, for understandable reasons, especially this season. Um, So yeah, I can't see it not being done now. If Shakhtar do reject that bid of €95 million, Euros, there's something seriously, seriously wrong.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Like at at the even at that seventy million, even if the achievable add-ons weren't weren't part of the package, I still think even seventy million euro up front is still totally. too expensive. Totally. But I suppose Man City have now set the standard where you need seventy million pound players on the bench now if you want to win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it's crazy to think, but that's that's just where the premier league is at at the minute you need you need just as much talent on the bench that can come on and impact the game as with as as in your starting 11 um so yeah look thank you thanks for 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 letting me know um so you think mudrick's going to get done mm, i'm inclined to agree with you i think that's that's a realistic transfer that arsenal can go and get and, and he's somebody that definitely again kind of like vaggor store and um, mudrick does give arsenal just a completely different option doesn't he
1: Definitely. Um, like as as we've said before, like I've I've only watched Mudrick this season against Celtic. Um and the only other times I've seen him is like compilations and stuff of him. Um but he seems to be an absolute demon when it comes to getting behind the defenders. He's yep. rapid, absolutely rapid. He runs like Holland, he just doesn't stop and yep. he's strong um, and he he's a good passer of a ball. And he's, he's got a hell of a finish on him too if he needs it. I do, uh, it's hard to see where he fits straight into the Arsenal 11, but if it was to say that he wouldn't break into that Arsenal 11 at all within the next season or so, I'd be absolutely landy because he has more than enough potential to be starting for Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I completely agree completely agree dorn um all right then another wee transfer rumor that's doing the round um at the minute i've seen it all over social media and it seems to be picking up a a, a fair bit of traction at the minute um we just touched on him there a couple of minutes ago but anthony alanga seems as though he's going to head out on loan to everton um it's going to be a six month loan deal by the talks of it no option to buy no obligation to buy either just a standard six month loan deal Oren and obviously we, we watched Alanga live um the other night um and, and he was well to put it simply he was brutal. Um look I, I want to offer a wee bit of defense um for Alanga Oren. Um he was rushed into first team football. I think he was relied too heavily upon at the age of nineteen and I do think everything's been lackluster since then because his start at Man United was so good, any sort of mediocre performance now seems like a drastically bad performance with Alanga. Look, do you think, especially with the, with the form that Everton's in and, and, and how struggling they are up, up top, is Alanga going to be able to come in and maybe change Everton's fortune a little bit?
1: I don't think anybody could come in and change Everton's fortune, to tell you the truth. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't think Everton's going to get relegated, but they'll definitely be in a relegation battle again this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same about the Alanga will DEFINITELY, DEFINITELY, NOT CHANGE THAT. um Luka Lenga has his attributes, as you say, um, probably being rushed into first-team football, hindered his, his development at Manchester United. Um, and I just think, at the moment, United's just too big of an ask for him, especially, like, we've got 20 wins this season, but all last season we had 20 wins, and he was being relied upon up front. Uh, yes. you know, in, in the attacking positions anyway and that's, that's a lot to put on the shoulders of a 19 year old kid uh, it's different when you're coming on like you're not sure this season, coming on when you need it's in a bit of a successful spell Yes, um, and, and doing the bits but when you're having to dig in really dig in and grind out results it's it's tough to put that pressure on a 19 year old um, but look he's Always, I can't fault his professionalism. Um, yes, I think he just doesn't fit Ten Hag's style as well. Like whenever we've seen him under Rangnick, where he played good football, to tell you the truth, it was just because he never stopped running. Yeah. Um, which I think would be good for Frank Lampard's team because you see it a lot with Anthony Jordan, especially last season. He's busting up and down that lane. Um, yes. In particular, the game against Liverpool always sticks in my mind for Anthony Gordon, and I think Alenga can offer something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think the deal is a win-win for all. Look, it's it's a it's a W for all parties, in my opinion. Alenga yes. gets more first-time experience in the Premier League. Um, look, he's used to... Uh, I know it's hindered his development a bit at Manchester United because it's not what you'd be expecting, but he's used to now after one whole season at United, digging in and getting them results, and that's what Everton's gonna need to do. Um, Anthony Lang's goal against Atletico Madrid was was crucial for United, so he can deliver in the key moments, and if that's what he needs to do for Everton, he can be relied upon to do that. Yes. Um. Look. He's going he's not gonna to go to Everton unless he's gonna be a starter. So he's gonna have some good coaches under him working directly with him to improve his finishing, improve his running and behind, just improve his overall attack and game. Yeah. And that can only be good for Manchester United because we're not gonna sell him unless we absolutely need to. Um so look, if Everton if it works out at Everton, he ends up loving the club, fair enough to you and go on ahead, fair play to you. Um but United can't go wrong here because if he performs well, they get a decent transfer fee for him. Um, If it doesn't go well, he's got more experience and he'll go out and not alone and get more experience again.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I do think this is, I think this sort of a deal is, it can be positive for for both the clubs involved. Um, And I think definitely Ornette, I would agree with you. I think just Alanga needs minutes, really. He needs to get minutes in the bank and... Work under coaches like you said that are specifically going to work on weaknesses of his game because look, with with the form that United's in at the minute, you know, uh, and and with the way that United are looking to prog- uh, to progress as a club, I'm not sure if a whole lot of time can be dedicated to trying to improve Anthony Alanga when there's youngsters like Cody Menu and yeah. uh, Alejandro Garnaccio and you know guys that are. Showing more promise in mm-hmm. the short amount of time that they've been part of the first team than Alanga has in eighteen months in the first team, yeah. um. So I think that this would be the the perfect move for the player. I think it's the perfect move for both clubs, and it's definitely a deal that that that. Well, as for Bertie Romano said, it's definitely a deal that you need to keep your eye on for the last couple of weeks of the of the January transfer window. Warren, yeah. um. Another big transfer that's that's um doing the rounds at the minute um seems to be seems to be one that's I think I think it is done. Uh, I'll just double check. Yes, it is done. So um Lamina, um obviously a player that was um has played for Fulham, um he has played for Southampton as well, had that one sort of exceptional season at Southampton where he he looked good. Um yeah. he is just saying for Wolves. Now yeah. we talked about Wolves midfield um two episodes ago on the podcast I think but do you think this is the right move in terms of just getting a wee bit of cover in there and and maybe maybe a little bit more defensive solidity that that possibly Wolves didn't already have?
1: It's fabulous Sina, absolutely fabulous Uh I've always rated Mario Lemina. Um, look, once can talk about his attitude and stuff, but he's grew up since he was last in the Premier League. Uh, well, sorry, since he was at Southampton. Um, yeah, no, he went to he went to France, improved his game, um, became well known in France for being a very very solid option in midfield. Yes, uh, he was linked to us uh, a couple of years ago, and it looked like we were actually going to get him. Um, but we ended up pulling out of the deal, and that was under Solskjaer. um, and that like that went as far as Lamina was doing, much like what Madrix doing now, sharing on social media like compilations of him. Uh, saying welcome to Manchester United and stuff like this here. Yeah. Um. So I, I, and when we were linked to him, I was really excited for that deal to be done. Um. But look, he's going to be good for Wolves. He's he's improved his game. He's improved his attitude. Um. He's more of an experienced midfielder now, and he's he's younger than the, their current midfield. But like, they've never and a and Nunes. Them three players, even though Nunes is young and Neves is still young, the experience those three have is only gonna be good for a player like Mario Lamina and it's yep. only gonna help his professionalism and stuff like that there as well. Yeah, agreed. But Wolves Wolves have done some serious business today. Like they've signed Mario Lamina, they're about to sign some fella Jay Gomes, um yep. from Flamengo. From and Flamengo. then Yeah. Pablo Sarabia. Looks to be joining up with Lapetegi as well from PSG on a permanent too. Ah, that would be an interesting one. It's good to see Lapetegi get his own players in through the door, and we might see a different Wolves now in the second half of the
0: season. Well, I think we'll we'll definitely see a different Wolves to be honest, especially like Sarabia will be a really really good signing for them. Sarabia is one of those players that like um, he was always I I loved watching him and and like when I can remember we played um. Sevilla in, in the Europa League and Sarabia was playing and he was just so he's just so exciting um, He's very like Bernardo Silva Yeah, yeah that,
1: A tricky forward
0: slash yes, a midfielder. yes, that's exactly who I was trying to compare him to He is very, very skillful when he's on the ball Not not the, the most overly fast of wingers but his, his his close control really makes up for that so yeah, That's brilliant that, that is that's an that's a really exciting one for Wolves fans. Uh, or in the last one, um, I think that we'll talk about today for today's episode. Um, before we move on, um, to I have a wee section I want to do with you today. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the last wee transfer rumor I want to pick up on with you is: look, it's not so much a transfer rumor as it is. Trossard is not going to be a part of Brighton squad this weekend, and um, Roberto De confirmed that this morning. Um, yeah. he has spoken quite a lot about how Trossard will struggle to get back into the team because apparently there's an attitude problem. Now, there mm-hmm. was a lot of talk when Potter went to Chelsea that Trossard to Chelsea was practically going to be a done deal. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a real shame for Brighton? Is there any way he, he can pick it back up and get into the team or or do you think in Trossard's head he wants a way?
1: I think he's let himself down to tell you the truth. Yeah. Brighton gave Trossard a platform uh, to be honest, um, the way he played for Brighton, Brighton, when Trossard came to the Premier League, it was an unknown. I had never heard of Leandro Trossard. Yeah. Um, and Brighton gave him that platform to play in the Premier League and showcase what he can do, and that that meant he was regularly included in the Belgium squads. Um, where again he was able to showcase what he can do. So I think it's very disrespectful of of Leandro Trossard to be acting the way he is. Um. We all know he's a fabulous player. He's played fantastic this season. Yeah. Um. So it is unfortunate that this is what has come to for Brighton because if look, he could have went down as one of Brighton's greatest ever Premier League players. Genuinely. Yeah. Um. And it it looks like the only way back now for for Trossard in the Premier League is a move away. Um. Does has done a fabulous job with Brighton, um. And look, this mightn't be the worst thing in the world for Brighton because Trossard's went out, but this young fellow Matoma has come in and he's performed just as well. Solly March has performed a lot better without Trossard in the team. Yeah. Um. So maybe that attitude problem's been existing for a while and it might have had a wee bit of an effect on other wingers. I'm not. I'm not trying to speculate that, but who? Who knows? Um. But I know from previous experience as a man United fan that uh attitude problem in the dressing room is never ever good it doesn't matter who your player is if they have an attitude problem that affects the entire team and Completely. if he has if he has an attitude problem it'll affect the entirety of brighton's team so they yeah. would need to fix that yes they would need to fix that problem very very quick
0: yeah, completely agreed, Oren. Look, he is he is Brighton's top top goal scorer this season, and um, he has been performing magnificently well. Um, yeah. thought I would just sneak it in there. He's also been a, a top fantasy performer this year, picked up mm-hmm. quite a few points. Um, playing playing really really well for Brighton at the minute. But I think Oren, you know, when you make the comparison, you know, he's come home from the World Cup and he's had an attitude problem, whereas World Cup winner Alexis McAllister has come back into the dressing room. And there's no ego with him. He's just continued playing football, you know, and and he was asked in an interview about what's next after Brighton. And he was very respectful towards his club. He said, "Um, why would I think about anything else other than Brighton? Mm -hmm. Um, He said his focus was solely on Brighton and that he was so respectful of the club because they gave him the opportunity to play in the Premier League. So it's almost a a bit like chalk and cheese there with those two players, isn't Mm
1: it? It is indeed. Yeah. No, Alexis McElders came back in. Uh, he scored, he scored that lovely back heel goal on his first appearance back for Brighton, and that just shows what Brighton is all about and what Brighton's fans are all about. They really are a community club, um. And as I said as I just said, like if there's a leech in that dressing room, you need to get rid of it. Yeah.
0: I. I would definitely agree with you, Oren. I think I think maybe Trossard's time at Brighton is, is definitely on the wane. Um, but he could of, go but,
1: somewhere and perform really, really well. Like that's, He is a fantastic player. He just needs to sort out that altitude problem.
0: Well, look, in all seriousness, we, we constantly talk about the lack of creativity that Chelsea have. If he was to go to Chelsea, you know, him alongside Felix, yeah, you could definitely see some sort of, definitely more creation with those two players in Chelsea's yeah. side, really.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, but financial fair play I might have, a, have to knock on the door of Tole Yeah, well, that's true. That's
0: true. Or just want to move it on to a quick wee section before we wrap this episode up. Um, And I haven't given you any time to prepare for it because I want your off-the-cuff answers here, okay? okay. I want you to give me three players that signed... Four clubs in the Premier League in the summer, and I want your top three flops and I want your top three successes. So, you want three of each? Just yeah, give me three flops and three successes from the summer
1: transfer window. Um, three flops. Well, I'll go three successes first of all. Okay, um, Casemiro, I think yeah. Casemiro has been the best signing. Uh, for, for a Premier League club in the summer. Like, to be honest, I could say three Man United players, is three successes, but I'll try and just keep it to one. Uh, but like I could have said Ericsson and Alessandro Martinez because they have performed really, really well for Manchester United, even if United haven't performed amazingly at times. Yes. Uh, but Casemiro has, has really showed why he's the best defensive midfielder in the world since he's came to the Premier League. Yeah. we even seen it the other night. Look, I know it was against Charlton, and it was the League Cup quarterfinal. But the stability he provides in that midfield and his passing range and everything is just ridiculous. His Rolls right. Um, he is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, Casimiro's going to be my, my highest achiever. My biggest flop so far, I'm going to say, is Cucurella. Cucurella. Cucurella has been awful for Chelsea. Uh, and when you think about £63 million, pounds, it's ridiculous how he's playing for Chelsea. Was seen against oh it's madness. He was a top performer for Brighton, um, and now he's under his own his old Brighton manager. Like so, he should be performing well, but against Manchester City, it just showed me. And as Gary Neville said, he can't defend. Uh, So Kukarla is my biggest flop um, of the summer transfer window. Okay. Um, Another, I'm going to say Andres Pereira is one of the top signings for. In, in the summer. Okay. Just because of what he's done for Fulham. He's got Fulham up into the sixth uh, position in the Premier League, which yes. is where nobody expected them. Um, and him and Mitrovic have really formed that partnership. And even last night against Chelsea, Andreas Pereira was, from a dead ball, he was phenomenal last night. Yeah, and even just his, his, his entire play last night was absolutely cracking. And I was thinking, my word, we let this fella go for £10 million. <laughs> but look, <laughs> whenever, whenever it was sold for £10 million, I was thinking, we have robbed these people robbed blind. Them.
0: yeah.
1: But look, no, uh, he, he's been a really, really good signing. Um, and yeah, Andreas Pereira is going to be my number two for for the top signings. Um, Fair, enough. Fair enough. Number two flop. Um, it's tough to think off the cuff because there was so many, so many transfers that did happen. Yeah. Um, I'm true. Um, oh, you've you've caught me off guard, word, uh, but I'm it? going to say Jed Spence.
0: Jed Spence. Jed yeah. Spence
1: uh, hasn't played a lot. Or, uh, has he even played at all? I think he's played one cup appearance for, for Spurs.
0: A couple of sub appearances. One cup a couple of sub appearance,
1: appearances. Yeah. Well, he hasn't played a lot for Spurs anyway. And Jad Spence was touted to go to some of the best clubs in the world. Like, he was even linked for the likes of Bayern Munich yeah. uh, after such a successful spell at Forest. Um, and he looked... Like, when we missed out on Jade Spence, I was thinking how have we missed out in this deal? £10 million. And he, I would say a lot of the top clubs in the world were thinking how have we lost out on Jade Spence. Um, but he's went to Spurs and he hasn't even played. Look, for a play to me, He hasn't. He, he said nothing really about it. But... um. No, to me that's a flop because you were one of the best performers in the championship. You could have went anywhere realistically. Uh, you could have even went back to Forest and you would have been loved by the fans and you would have played yeah. every game in the Premier League. Yeah, agreed. But he decided not to and he, he's definitely one of the biggest flops. Um, uh, top achiever again, My final, my, t- my final top performer since coming in. Um,
0: I think there has to be an obvious one in there, you know Go on I mean, plays from Man City. Erling Holland, oh my god I don't <laughs> even know how I forgot
1: about him no, I don't even know how I forgot about him Do you know what it is, you see with Holland you you see because of this World Cup yeah. I feel like this is the second season it's really threw me off, it's I feel really, like yeah. this Because of the World Cup, it it feels like this is Holland's second season, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's really threw me off. Yes, oh my god, how could I forget that? I do apologise for being absolutely thick. Uh, Yeah, no Holland. You can't deny his numbers. Um, You can't deny his link-up play. Everything's just phenomenal from him. Um, No, yeah, I don't know how I forgot about that. But yeah, Erling Haaland—he's—he's he's going to continue to score goals, and he's con- going to continue to have success for, for Manchester City. I'm a final flop. Um, again, I could go for quite an obvious one with Wesley Fofana, who hasn't really played for Chelsea at all. Yeah, and he was—he cost like ninety million pound. Um, yeah. But I'm gonna go. And Darwin Nunes, what? Yeah, I am gonna go with Darwin Nunes. <laughs> yes, um, <let's> go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go against my opinions of the past couple of weeks. Um and say Darwin Nunes has been one of the biggest flops. Um just because of the amount of money that was spent on him, um he should be finishing the chances. Like this is a fellow who scored 31 goals for Benfica last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can find the back of the neck. And and I'm not a Liverpool fan. I absolutely do have faith in Dora Nunes. Like I'm not gonna change my opinions from the past few weeks, but I would be lying if I said he wasn't one of the flops of the season just because of the chances he's had he's missed the most big chances in the Premier League. Yeah. Um and, and the price tag that came with it. Um so that to me just means you have flopped as a transfer. But that's by no means saying that he's going to fail at Liverpool because I do really think that he he will bounce into really, really good form. Um, But yeah, I have to go with in this, (laughs) unfortunately. To the delight of you, Connor. Oh, I'm absolutely
0: delighted. And look, I know... (laughs) Look, obviously, as a Man United fan, if we say anything against Liverpool, people are like, oh, typical United fans just yeah. going against Liverpool, that's that and the ah. But look, like, in all seriousness to all the Liverpool fans that listen to us, it's genuinely not that I hate Darwin Nunes. I, I like I don't I don't give a shit whether he's good or whether he's or, or whether he's bad. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm just calling it for how I see it. And I as far as I see it, if it was United that signed an eighty million pound striker, and he was delivering their performances. That Nunez was delivering. Liverpool fans would be on United's fans' backs, saying mm-hmm. your strikers shit, your strikers this, your strikers that. Like, it is a bit of banter at the end of the day. I'm only banter, you, Liverpool fans, but it, genuinely, in my honest opinion, like, I just don't think Darwin Nunez is that good to be honest, and I just don't. I don't really see Nunez as the player that you know, kicks Liverpool on to winning another Premier League title. I I think there was more obvious positions to address before the striker position. If that makes sense, I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like that 80 million probably would have been better spent on a midfielder rather than a striker.
1: Uh, look, they just sold Sadio Mane. They needed to get someone in, in my opinion, but look, they needed to the strengthen the field too. Um, there's some honorable mentions there for flop of the year as well. Like, Philip Coutinho has been woeful since he signed on a permanent. uh, Brutal. Any of Everton's signings. Any of Everton's signings. Coutinho's Um, lost his bum chum Steven Gerrard as well, so it's never going to go well. Aubameyang has been an awful signing. Calvin Phillips is an awful signing as well, which everybody thought was going to be an amazing signing. Agreed. Um, But yeah, no. Liverpool... (sighs) As I said, Dormin Nunes, I do think, is going to be a good footballer. And I do think they needed to sign a striker. But as you said, the underlying midfield problems is where it all starts with Liverpool. Yeah.
0: And, like, it, it is true, Oren. Like, unfortunately, like, and this is just how football fans think. And it's, it's just how we all determine what's a success and what's a flop. But price tags are so important. Like, it's like, t- you know, you take Nunez, like... Take Nunez compared to Haaland, right? So if City had to pay at £170 million for Haaland and he was putting up these numbers, you'd be going, Yeah, he's he's meeting the expectation that £170 million player costs. Whereas, you know, if Nunez had of cost maybe, I don't know, like 45 40 million instead of 80 million, you would go, Yeah, 10 goals is a decent return for 40 million. It's the price tag determines, you know, it's the same as with Jadon Sancho at United. Like, mm-hmm. United paid what 75, 80 million for Sancho, and yeah. like he is just he is not delivered. He's been yeah. he has been a total flop. Yeah. Um so like the price tag is important, that's the thing, and the price tag adds so much more context to a deal. Like you're less likely to cure if a thirty million pound transfer flops than, than a hundred and thirty million pound transfer.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Um like as you said, Sancho's a prime example. Uh United's transfer business in the last ten years has been awful. Yeah. Um, it looks like only finally we're getting something right. Um so like it's not as if we're trying to say Darwin Nunes is bad because he's Liverpool, as you said. Like when you're talking about transfer fees, we one hundred percent talk shit about our owners and how they've misspent at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And how we've seen players for the likes of eighty million like Maguire and seventy million for Sancho and they're just Awful, well, not awful footballers, but they're just not the standard required for such a transfer fee.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, I, well, yeah. I, the only thing I would it's disagree on is, um, I think Sancho still has time, but uh, sorry, Maguire is an awful footballer. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I, I agree with that too. But um, Maguire, at 80 million, was an awful deal for, for us. Like, But we needed a centre-back at the time, and Leicester knew they had the, the cures in their hand um and when city were after him too and they were offering 60 million it was obvious that if we really wanted him we had to just go above and beyond yeah and just pay him pay more money than than what he was worth realistically it's just unfortunate that we ended up with the the shitty stick
0: yeah it is unfortunate that's not his nickname by the way (laughs) (laughs) no shitty stick (laughs) um Listen, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, like I said earlier um, in this episode, if you haven't already, please go on to the Bottom Bin's main channel and listen to uh, Wednesday's episode, which is our, our sixth installment of, of our Premier League um, scheduled um, coverage. So please head on over and do that if you haven't already. Um, or and I have noticed, I think a couple of people have messaged me and they are a bit confused. This channel that these um videos and these episodes go up on is called bb extra it's mm-hmm. some people were uh, a couple of times a couple of people have messaged me saying i can't find this on your youtube channel it's that th- this is actually a separate channel this is bb yeah,
1: called extra. Bottom Beds extra yeah
0: yeah this this isn't the, the on our on our main channel this is for our our extra content um if you are listening to us on spotify however or any of those sort of audio podcast apps it will just the all, all the bb extra stuff will just come up on on the normal bottom bins page but if you are a youtube listener this comes up on bb extra not the not the normal bottom bins youtube channel um Orrin, thanks so much for jumping on of
1: course man of course
0: and i think we'll probably have i think we'll probably have two more of these transfer episodes um Before, you know, well, before the genre window closes, obviously. So we're hoping that a few more deals get done and that we have some more good transfers to talk to you about. But listen, thank you so much for listening, folks. Thank you for all the support that we receive. And just remember, keep it bottom bends. Thank you. Keep it bottom bends, folks, bye-bye.